Gut, okay, ich glaube, wir können jetzt starten. Alright. <lacht> ähm, oh ich, Gott, ich sag. Das wird so eine Katastrophe sein, ich, ich weiß schon. <lacht> Did you get that? I'm so also, ich verstehe nur Bahnhof. You only understand train station? It's all Greek to me. Understanding train station. Living between cultures with Josh and Faye. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode. It's been a while, too. My Welcome name is Josh. Back. Yeah, I was going to say. My name is Feli. It has been a while, unfortunately. That wasn't planned. I think in the last episode, we even promised you guys. I'm not quite sure. I, did. I should have probably gone and listened back to the last episode that we published to see what we actually promised people. But I know that we at least said it somewhere that we're going to be together in person, recording an episode mm -hmm. in person. And here we are on Zoom again. Um, so that did yeah. not happen. And that was my fault, or I mean, I didn't no, do it I on mean, purpose. It, I was going to say, I don't think it's your fault. I think it, it's just due to the circumstances. It's not really anyone's fault. It's just uh, the nature of the beast, I guess. Yeah. So you were in Cincinnati, which I think we had talked about before, and I got sick. <laughs> so that really And sucked. I got sick. Uh, yeah, true. You were sick yeah, first. Yeah, so I mean, my, my, my trip got pushed back a bit because I was sick. Yeah, and then, so, of course, I get to Cincinnati and then you're sick. Yep. And like, luckily, I didn't have COVID or anything like that. Yeah, same here. It was like, I, I wonder if we had the same thing, if there was like something going around, because I got it from my friend who was visiting me and she had it and she got it right when she arrived here, which kind of sucked because it was like, well, great, you're here to visit me and now you're sick. I mean, I, I felt bad for her because like she yeah. was only here for a few days, but it was something relatively short. Like she was sick for two days and then felt better, but it was kind of intense. Like she had a fever and everything. Yeah. And then um, as soon as she left, I got a fever <laughs> and I got the same thing. And it was like the like I was completely out of it for two days. Yeah. Same and then here. the third day I was kind of getting back on my feet. And then on the fourth day I was back to normal. So no clue what that was, but it was intense. Yeah. See, it was it was pretty much the exact same for me. Like mm -hmm. the night I realized I was sick, like I had I was shaking really bad. I even like bit my tongue a bit because I was shaking so oh. badly. Oh. Yeah, it was not it was not pleasant. Um, yeah. And then had a had a fever for almost two days, and then then all of a sudden I was all fine. So we're yeah. glad that we're both healthy, but we're still disappointed yes. that we didn't get to record anything. For us, we we were still able to see each other, but it was more Briefly important for only. us to catch. Yeah, I was going to say it was yeah. more important for us to catch up, and we didn't even even when we saw each other, we wouldn't have had time to record. No, anything. like unfortunately, because you were just really booked out. That's just how it goes when yeah. you don't live at home anymore, and then you visit. Like you just have all these social responsibilities, like yeah. hanging out with your family and friends and stuff like that. And we had a plan to record on that one day that I got sick, and then we would have even been able to record that next day, but I was still sick. Yeah, and then. Really, it didn't work out anymore. And then, yeah, my parents came to visit that day, too, then the next day. So then I was also busy, and you were busy, and it just didn't, didn't work out. Didn't happen. Good news is, I mean, we can't really promise anything, I guess, because you never know. Yeah. But I am flying to Munich next week. So hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. We'll be able to record something in person then. <laughs> yes, thumbs pressed and fingers crossed. Hopefully yes. it will work out this time that, uh, that we can do it. Um, so, yeah, we're sorry, obviously, that we didn't get to uh, provide you guys with the episodes that we wanted to. Yeah. Um, all of that to say, we're here this week, just the two of us in remote locations. So hello, everyone. Uh, yep. We're glad that we're both glad to be back. Um, yes. 
And because I've been doing some traveling and because Feli has some travel plans, we do have stuff to talk about with you guys. I guess besides that, we've already given you a little bit of an update. Is there anything else that you want to update people on, Feli? Anything new and exciting going on? My Your background, background? If you're watching on YouTube, of course, if you listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you're not really going to notice a difference. But... The last episode we recorded, I still, I think, have my clothes behind me because I was still yeah. living in that chaos that was our renovations. And we finally, in the last few weeks, finished up our closet. I moved all my clothes where they actually go. Um, and I also set up a new YouTube shelf. That's kind of a weird term, but it's like that shelf that is my YouTube video background usually. I had one from like two years ago, but it was really low because my old room that I recorded in in my old place um, was like in the attic and so it had slanted ceilings mm -hmm. so I couldn't be like super high and then when I moved in here I was just I never really had the time and the patience to update because like this room is like has high ceilings so I still like kept recording my YouTube videos sitting on the floor in front of that yeah. low shelf because you can't really like the shelf is so low you have to sit on the floor yeah. for it um, and that's actually what I've been doing my whole YouTube career is like sit on the floor because like I started out recording in front of like um, a fireplace and that's obviously down on the floor and then I had like backdrops that I hung down like hung, hung up kind of low so that's just always been a thing so I mean for the podcast I've always sat on my mm -hmm. at my desk so that's not new but I'm probably going to be recording my YouTube videos very differently now too yeah. but I also thought for now it would be nice to maybe use this as my podcast background too because mm -hmm. my podcast backgrounds granted have not been very professional or nice or aesthetically pleasing ever since I moved I think like I felt like before I moved I had a kind of a nice background because my door was there and I had this like Cincinnati picture and like the Germany picture I don't know if you remember but yeah uh -huh. I, my, my background was a lot nicer than it wasn't like professional but it was still nicer anyways long Mine's story short wall. yeah true but you did is your taco thing still there? there yeah, the go. taco thing is still there. <laughs> I was like, instead of using my words, I just like showed you what I wanted <laughs> you to do. <laughs> I like, for those of you who are listening, I just like bent over because I wanted Josh yeah. to bend over, kind of like showing a little kid what to do. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's okay. Sometimes it's like, it's hard to come up with the right words in the moment, especially in a second language. But uh -huh. um, long story short, I have a new background. And that's a great update for me, and I'm very happy about it. But, yeah, other than that, I just had, like, my friend and my parents visit, as you said. Yeah. Yeah, for me, yeah, I don't think there are any huge updates except the fact that I'm really happy to be back in Munich now and have a little peace and quiet for a bit as far as travel is concerned because I feel like I've been running all over. We'll yeah. get into it more into the episode, but like we said, I was in the U.S. for, I don't know, I guess 10 days, and then I got back, was in Munich for, like, two or three days, and then I went to Paris um, so I've been, really cool. I've been going all over and, um, yeah, so it's nice to be back in Munich, have some peace and quiet and yeah, just be able to be in my own space, uh, after being tra or after having traveled for a while. I totally feel that. And I'm like not in that space right now. Like that's going to be me in like three weeks or so mm -hmm. right now. I'm still in that like in between thing. Like I had a friend visit, then I had my parents visit, then like Everyone else was in town, too. Like, it was crazy because you were in town, obviously. So yeah. I wanted to see you, which only happened, like, one night, unfortunately. I would have yeah. liked to see you more. But then my other friend, Sheffy, well, our friend, Sheffy, also, yeah. like, um, was in town also. She lives in New York right now. And it was just, like, everyone at the same time. And then for some reason, a lot of Germans that I know are in the U.S. right now. It's not <laughs> like I met up with all of them. But it just yeah. felt like a weird coincidence, like, 
so many people on my Instagram, like people for, that I still know from high school or former colleagues from uh, Germany, are traveling the U.S. right now. And then my parents' friend, um, mm -hmm. he actually lives in L.A. He was like, hey, I'm going to be in Cleveland the same time you're in Cincinnati. And it's like, what are the odds? Why is everyone here at the same time? This is weird. Go home. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was happening in August. Oh, yeah, and my friend's parents were there, too, which was like, they're my neighbors. Like, we grew up on the same street. And then I ended up seeing them in Lexington, Kentucky. It's a long story, but, like, We drove my friend down to Lexington because her brother is doing an exchange year at the University of Kentucky there. Also mm -hmm. kind of a coincidence that he wanted to go to the U.S. And where does he end up? Two hours away from me, which is like kind of close in this Yeah, but I was going to say by American standards, that's not far at all. <laughs> exactly. That's like right there. So my friend was like, awesome. I can visit you, which like she's been wanting to visit me ever since I moved here. And mm -hmm. then I can also visit my brother. That's perfect. And then her parents happened to be in the U.S. at the same time. They were in Seattle on like a different trip that they had already planned. And then they were like, well, cool. If our son is now going to be in Lexington... We're going to also come to Lexington for a few days. So we drove her down there. And then the parents had come in on their flight that night. And then the brother was there. And she was there. And it was like all these people that they're all from my street that I grew up in mm -hmm. in Munich. Right. They're my like two houses down neighbors. <laughs> and suddenly we're all in the U.S. And it was just it was a lot. It was very cool. But it was just kind of a lot to comprehend and organize. Yeah. Like process and like. And then like obviously I didn't really get a lot of work done. And then as soon as my parents left last week, I was like, okay, now I really got to power through because I have only a week and a half until I leave for my trip. So I'm in that state right now. I'm not, yeah. I wish I was already at the state where you are, but of course I'm also very excited for my travels, yeah. but I'm kind of also exhausted already. Like <laughs> I kind of, I would need like maybe an extra week right now to just breathe, breathe. and kind of and like when I was sick, I I know I got better really quickly, but I feel like my body still wasn't like fully back to 100%, mm -hmm. but I kind of acted as if I was 100% because I had people here yeah. and you like do stuff every day and you like have kind of a planned day. You just mm -hmm. do sightseeing and all these different things yeah. all day. So I feel like I just kind of needed to relax. And you I'm need a moment really of meditation right and just relaxation. <laughs> I know. Put just on some sleep. like... <laughs> yeah, just some sleep. That's all that's all you need right now is some yeah. sleep. No, I I know what you mean like <laughs> as far as like having that full schedule because it was super nice to be in the US, but I literally had planned out every single day, morning, yeah. afternoon and evening what I was going to be doing exactly. to make sure I got to see everyone I needed to see. In hindsight, it wasn't a long enough trip and I was mm -hmm. really sad to actually go back. Mm -hmm. Like I definitely could have stayed another week and been happy. Um, but I was super happy with the time that I had there. But maybe like Before we continue talking, this is what's, yeah. <laughs> this is basically what this episode is going to be, is us kind of just catching you guys up on what we've been doing and also um, talking a little bit about reverse culture shocks as well. Which um, I think is like, I really want to hear your reverse, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's one of those words, reverse culture shocks, because yeah. I have talked about my reverse culture shocks, at least on my YouTube channel before. Um, and maybe we've mentioned it on the podcast here and there. We're not quite sure anymore if we've ever brought this topic up at all. Um, but I am very curious to hear about yours because I know a few of them, but like it's, I feel like now that you've been in Germany for like a year and a half, yeah. I think th it changes over time a little bit. So well, that's I what I was going to say is I think <laughs> even if we have talked about this in the past a little bit, each time you go back, you notice different things is the way yeah. I feel at least. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about the, our reverse culture shocks, what stands out to us when we go back to our home countries, 
Um, yeah. And also just kind of about somewhat of our travel plans. I'd like to tell you guys about my time in Paris because it was something yes. I was really excited about. Um, and I know Faley also wants to hear about it. So I think it would be fun to share <laughs> with you all as well. Yeah, um, I haven't heard about it yet. You went to see a concert, if I remember correctly. I did. Right? Yeah. I did. Um, so I guess the question is, where do you want to start or where do we want to start? Do we want to start with Paris do we want to, or do we want to start with the U.S.? Let's start with Paris first, because I think the other stuff is going to be kind of long. I mean, I'm sure this is a long story, too, but um, how was your trip to Paris? Paris was amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I feel kind of like goofy saying that because, I mean, I feel like Americans romanticize France and romanticize Paris. But yeah. it really is a beautiful city. Um, I Definitely. mean, there are a lot of people um, but the architecture is beautiful and just the vibe that you have, especially when you're visiting there. It's uh, I'm sure it's different when you live there, but just to visit and take it all in and everyone is just trying to have a good time, I would say, as far as the tourists are concerned, seeing the sights. There's so much to see. And I was a little disappointed that I wasn't there a little longer. How um, long were you there? In total, I was there for four days. So I left on Friday evening. I uh, was there Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then I came back on Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, Tuesday evening. So it, it, I worked some of that time, though, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a really cool experience. And one thing that was really, really helpful was being able to speak a little bit of French. <laughs> and that is thanks to our sponsor for this week, Lingoda. Yes. So if you guys listen to our podcast, you obviously know about Lingoda. They're an online language school and they offer one-on-one classes. Well, not just like one-on-one as in like just two people, but they have that too. It's a Zoom session. So you actually get to talk to a person. It's not like a recorded video class or like an app where everything is pre-recorded. You actually get to interact with a person. Usually they're group classes. I think that's the more um, standard thing, but even the group classes are great. They're only up to five people max. So um, it's not like a whole big chaotic thing on Zoom where like everyone Mm -hmm. talks at the same time. It's a very well-structured and manageable group. And um, we, of course, have a cool offer for you guys. Because if you want to do the Lingoda Sprint Challenge, which is a really cool program they do to like get you motivated, to get you to that next language skill level, you can actually get a discount with our code UTS09. The code always changes every month. So like this month, it's UTS09 for September. Uh, this is our September code. Um, we'll also put the link in the info box below. So just click on that link and then you can sign up for the Lingoda Sprint, which Josh will explain in a second what that is. And with the code, you can save $25, which is 20 euros on the deposit for your class. So there are two versions that you can do. You can just do the sprint, which is 15 classes for two months. And if you attend all of the classes, you can get 50% cash back. Mm-hmm. Or you can do the even more intense version, which is the super sprint, which is 30 classes a month for two months. Um, that's really going to be helpful if you have a trip planned and really want to try to get as much of the language in as possible. And really, if you're an overachiever, that's really something that you can shoot for. <laughs> and if you like manage Josh. to go to... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll get it. We'll get into that later in the story. But uh, <laughs> um, but if you manage to go to all if you go to all the classes, um, you can get 100 percent cash back if you do the um, 30 classes a month for two months. Yeah. And what Josh means by go to all the classes, of course, is if you attend them on your computer, because, of course, it's online. Yes. You can attend it from anywhere in the world. They really have classes available 24-7 also. So if you go book a class, of course, you pick your language first, which one of the languages, as we just mentioned, is French that they offer. But they also offer classes in German, which obviously is also a great choice. Um, Spanish. English and business English. So like if you guys' English is already pretty good because 
obviously you're listening to our podcast, but you wanted to improve it a little bit more or get that specific like business um, vocabulary down, then you can um, do that with Lingoda as well. And then you can pick your language level and then you can pick from all these different classes that really take place at any time of the day because the teachers are also located all over the world in different time zones. So they're able to teach at any time and then you can kind of um, customize your own curriculum if you want to or you can just follow like the the default if you want that but you can basically pick from like different vocabulary lessons grammar lessons or topic related lessons such as going to the train station or like they have you know they have stuff like ordering at a restaurant things that are probably very helpful when you actually travel so yeah link is in the description box below and the code is uts09 for 20 euros 25 dollars off so back to the story. <laughs> so yeah, was, was that helpful? Or like, what it, was it, your... <laughs> so as good of a segue that, as that was, um, <laughs> it actually was really helpful because I feel like one stereotype, and I think that's true for pretty much all countries um, that ever talk about France, especially Paris, is that if you don't speak French, they're going to be rude to you. And even if you do speak French, they're rude. Um, yeah. I really had really good experiences with people. Um and I think partially that was due to the effort that I made to speak French. Mm-hmm. Um, my French is not good. Uh, it <laughs> is c- understandable to an extent and it's enough to get by, but it is by no means perfect French. But people were very, very kind at um, trying to understand me and work with me to make sure I understood them. Um, I mean, they would switch to English too very often, so like that okay. wasn't a problem. Um, but it, I would definitely say that enhanced the visit. Um, yeah. I even got a compliment on my pronunciation, even though my grammar See. was horrible. I got a compliment <laughs> on my pronunciation. So yeah. um, little things like that can really improve your your travel experience and make you feel like, oh, this was really cool. And the people were nice and they appreciate you speaking their language. Definitely. Um, did you ever yeah. try speaking English like from from your end or did they like they heard that you weren't a native speaker and then they. Oh, no, I, I tried speaking English a few times. Like okay. I would al- I would always greet them with like bonjour mm-hmm. and then. If I was feeling up to it or if they, like I heard them interacting with someone else in English, then I would just switch to English. But then sometimes okay. I would just try to do it all in French. Yeah. Um, for example, one day I worked from our Paris office um, while I was there on Monday mm. and Tuesday, which was really, really cool. Oh, I didn't uh, realize. Like I thought you just like worked from your hotel or something like no, that. No, no. Cool. I went to the Paris office, which nice. uh, you can see the Eiffel Tower, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for lunch, I went to this little cafe and... Everyone there was French, and I didn't look like there were any tourists. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I guess I have to do it in French because I don't want to be that person who just shows right. up and makes them speak English if I can try it in French. Uh, and I did everything in French. Like, I felt like an idiot because I could, like, I knew what she was saying, but I couldn't necessarily respond with the way that I would have mm-hmm. wanted to respond. So I just stood there and, like, nodded my head and was like, uh huh, yeah. uh huh, oui, yeah. oui, oui. <laughs> So you feel like a little bit of a little kid, but it was um, it was a really cool experience yeah. to be able to communicate. It was a weird experience, too, to be in an office at the same company, but, like, they're all speaking a different language. And, right. like, I don't know. It just was a weird experience. I don't know how to describe it. But the city itself was amazing. I did a day of just kind of like your main tourist areas. Chloe and Letty gave me uh, some recommendations. For those of Mm. you who don't know, those are two of my French friends, slash one of them is my roommate uh, here in Munich. Um, And we interviewed them on this podcast. So if you guys want to uh, see them, you can check out that episode or hear them as well. 
um, but they gave me their recommendations on what to do. So I, I but, stayed in more. And that was, I was going to ask, you were alone, right? Exactly. So that, that's a, like a big thing, kind of. Yeah. I mean, some people travel alone all the time, but I mean, you usually travel with your friends. Exactly. And I personally never traveled completely alone. So, yeah, I, that was one thing I was talking to someone about recently was <clears throat> I've done a lot of business travel on my own. So that's mm-hmm. not a weird thing for me, but like pleasure travel. Um, it was a weird experience. I, yeah. I enjoyed it though. I, I think a lot of people say, oh, it's the best thing ever. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best thing ever, but it was really enjoyable. And I'm really ha- happy I did it because I do want to travel more and I want to see more of Europe. And it's sometimes hard to wait to get a group of people together who are able to go. And yeah. uh, this time it was originally planned that I would go in March with three other friends. Mm-hmm. Um but that didn't end up working out because of COVID. The concert that we were going to go to got delayed or pushed back. So that's why I ended up going this time. And the mm-hmm. question was, do I go, do I just cancel or do I go just even though everyone can't go? And I said, I'm still yeah. going to go. Um, so yeah, I spent Friday, Saturday and most of Sunday by myself in Paris, kind of just seeing everything that I wanted, that my friends told me I should see. Yeah. So went to the Eiffel Tower, Arc de Triomphe. Uh, Did you go up the Eiffel Tower? I went to the second level. Um, It's 26 euros to get all the way to the top. Um, Mm -hmm. And even if, like, you can walk to the second floor, which you have to pay, I think it's like 10 euros to walk to the second floor, and you have good views from there. And then I wasn't prepared to pay more to take an elevator to the top. Yeah. Um, And the elevator that, I guess the top sometimes is randomly closed or, like, Mm -hmm. gets full. So it was full, so I couldn't even go if I wanted to. Okay. but yeah, I was happy with the views that I had from the second floor. Um, but yeah, so then I went along the Champs Elysees. I don't know that song. Okay, I, th- I don't know if like that's only something that Germans know. Maybe that's a German <laughs> song, but uh, it's uh, literally a song about the Champs Elysees. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah you have to send it to me later so I can listen yeah, to it. I think it's all in French though, so but okay. who knows? It might be one of those things. Maybe ask yeah. Letty if she knows it. I will. I will. <laughs> but yeah, and then I went to the Louvre. I didn't go inside. I just looked at it. <laughs> Same with Notre okay. Dame. You can't go inside of Notre Dame right now. Mm. Um, but yeah, just explored the city and had a really, really nice time. I hurt my foot, though, while I was uh, there, like no. just from walking. So after the no. one day of, of walking, the next day, my foot was completely destroyed. What's um, going on with you and like hurting your foot when you're traveling? <laughs> I know it's horrible. It's horrible, but such is uh, such is my life. <laughs> but how bad was it? Could you still walk or? I could walk, but I walked very very slowly. Oh um, shit! Okay. And it was painful, so I just took a whole bunch of ibuprofen and made it work. So <laughs> it I sounds very through. American. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm just gonna push through. I'm not gonna stay at home. Yeah, no, of um, course not. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't either. So, but yeah, it's actually doing better now uh, without okay. having gone to the doctor or really given it any rest because I also went to a concert, mm-hmm. uh, which was really cool. So Letty ended up meeting me for the concert. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was fun. We spent some time in the city. Like she showed me around a bit and then we went to the concert and she was excited to show me. She wanted me to experience how French people are at concerts. Yeah. And in, in hindsight, French people and Americans are very similar in the sense okay. that like in my opinion, we don't care about rules as much. Yeah. Um, people just kind of do what they want. Um, and yeah, there's this level of, I don't want to say freedom, but like lack of, not lack of respect, but I don't know how to describe it. 
um, like kind of rücksicht nehmen. Ah, okay. Yeah, lack of limitations. Like just kind of doing your own thing and mm -hmm. so forget the like rest. So not being overly considerate or something like that. Yeah, maybe? it's not that people are necessarily inconsiderate, but they just kind of I don't know. Sometimes they are inconsiderate. Mm. So no, I, I mean, it, I, I totally see that. Like, French people are definitely more like that than mm -hmm. compared to Germans, definitely. And Just one other thing that's relaxed. actually funny. Yeah, relax, yeah. One other thing that's funny is that I think France is, like, one of the only countries in Europe that also still uses checks sometimes. Like, ah, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, bank checks. So that that's, I mean, that has nothing to do with going to a concert. But <laughs> I always thought that was funny that that's also somehow, like, a similarity between the two countries. yeah. Yeah, and the the concert we went to was slightly controversial. We'll say there was um, there was a big controversy. It was a Mark Rebillier is the name of yeah. the guy, or Marc Rebillier. He's, uh -huh. I say he's American. Um, he has French parents. Um, but he got into some big controversy controversy, uh, because he's kind of just a a figure that is anti-establishment, just kind of mm -hmm. does what he wants. It doesn't really matter on the politician. He just doesn't like po politicians. Um, and I guess he had some concert earlier this month where uh, Macron was actually there. Okay. Uh, so the president of France. And he basically told, in, like in the concert said, Macron enculé, which is uh, like F.U. Macron. <laughs> and like that like blew up in media, the fact that he told the French president to go F himself while he was... Uh, uh, at the concert crazy. yeah yeah like, i mean he, it, it so was a little he extreme he was at the concert and he like doesn't like him as a politician so he just wow i don't i don't know it was it was pretty intense um yeah but the first song that he ended up doing at the concert that i was at then like he asked the crowd like what he he does improv the whole time so he okay. just makes stuff up yeah, and yeah. loops tracks and whatnot um and the crowd just started chanting, chanting right away, Macron enculé, Macron enculé. <laughs> and then he did it again. Oh, it was, um, okay. it was, it was an experience, a yeah. little crazy, but, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was a really fun concert. Um, and yeah, it was a great experience in, in, in Paris. If you haven't gotten the chance to go and ever get the chance, I would definitely recommend it. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the general gist of what I did. There were a few things in, in Paris specifically that were weird for me, like using the mm -hmm. metro. Mm -hmm. uh, they're just things that I'm used to from Munich and Germany that are different in, in France, which I haven't really taken much public transportation in the US, so I don't have a good comparison. But like the fact yeah. that you always have to have a ticket in the sense that there are gates that let you into the metro system and, and out. That's don't how have it is that in Germany? almost everywhere. Germany is the outsider in that regard. Like yeah. that's how it is in New York. That's how it is in all the all the big American cities. That's how it is in yeah. London. I'm pretty sure. Like yeah, I like that don't remember well. being in a lot of places where it wasn't like that. Except in Germany, you can just walk into the walk subway <laughs> without a ticket. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, I yeah, like it in Germany. It, it feels mm -hmm. kind of nice and friendly. Like I feel like the metro system in Paris and like the one in New York. It always feels a little bit like very. Um, I don't know, Massenabfertigung. Uh, that's, yeah. I don't know how to translate that into English. Like, it feels like there's a lot of masses and it's not very friendly. Like, it's not very inviting mm -hmm. with the, like, with the um, turnstiles or the, the yeah. gates that open and everything. Anyways, mm -hmm. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that was, like, there were little things like that. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, it was, it, it was a really nice time. I have to say, though, I was very happy to get back to Munich because um, Paris is a city full of people. Yeah. I think it would be fun to live there, um, but it's just a lot of people around you all of the time, like on the metro. 
So it was really nice to get back to Munich. Munich felt so small afterwards. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, then, it like, is really small compared to Paris. <laughs> yeah. And then like to get on the U-Bahn and like not have five people squishing me. It was just like, ah, oh, I can breathe again. Yeah. I mean, but, many yeah. people in Germany or like in Bavaria specifically in Munich um, refer to Munich as like just being a big village. Village. So... That's kind of what it feels like sometimes. But then also there's times where it totally feels like a big city where if yeah. you're stuck in traffic for like hours or like if you are in one of those subways at like rush hour and you are squeezed in like crazy, then uh, you'll definitely feel like you're in one of those things like in Tokyo. But mm -hmm. most of the time it doesn't feel like that. Especially with the pandemic and everything too. Yeah. Have you ever But been yeah. in those like rush hour subways? Uh, like less rush hour subways, more uh, Wiesen subways. Oh, okay. uh, but I have been in a few rush hour subways where it's like... Like where people can't even get into the train anymore. It's like yeah. the people are waiting, like Ed Platz, for example, and the subway already arrives so packed that like maybe two of the people that are waiting can squeeze in still, but then the other people are going to have to wait for the next train, the next train, and... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, can, it, can, it can get crazy. But yeah, it was really nice to get back to Munich. Well... Um, yeah, with that, should we get into talking about the reverse culture shock topic sure. and like your time in the U.S.? Yeah, gladly. I feel like I'm doing so much talking, but I guess I've done more travel no, recently. So that's uh, good because people always complain that I talk too much and that I interrupt you. So <laughs> it's I, like there's so many episodes where it's like, oh, she talks a lot or something yeah, along those lines. It's, <laughs> it's, it is what it is. We enjoy just having these conversations. So that's what it comes down to. We get excited about talking about something. And, um, but yeah, so I flew back to the U S, uh, mm -hmm. which was a really smooth experience. I was expecting it to be much, much more chaotic, uh, with yeah. everything that's been going on with the, uh, airline industry. Yeah. Like, maybe we should explain that real quick. because I know not everyone has heard of that. I feel like most Germans have because it was all over German news, but I think a lot of Americans who don't really travel really? didn't even hear. Yeah. Like I, I told some people about it and they were like, like Ben didn't even hear about it until I told him from like, because it's not just a German thing. I mean, in the <laughs> no, US, I know, hundreds but I think, and hundreds and thousands of flights have been canceled. But since but not a lot of travel. Americans, yeah, not a lot of Americans did go on a flight this this season yeah. and then like if their friends didn't either and ex didn't experience it I think a lot of people just didn't even really hear about it but yeah a lot of been a lot of flights have been getting canceled because of lack of personnel and um yeah it's it's like been a big big thing so if you didn't know about it that surprises me but now you know yeah well yeah <laughs> now you know it was um long 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 lines at the security um at the security what do you call them stations uh, Check. checks yeah. <laughs> I was like what is it called the at security checks at TSA the, or whatever at the airports where like people had to like get there not just like one or two hours before which is what you're already supposed to do but like five six seven hours before and then they still didn't make it in time and there were all these images of these airports including the Munich airport where they had luggage just piling up in like uh, some kind of room where like nobody even knows anymore where that luggage goes to who that belongs to crazy and it's just piles and piles of luggage so it was a whole crazy and chaotic um, airport summer. <laughs> Yeah, I so I mean I I tried to plan strategically, so I actually didn't take checked luggage to the U.S. Okay, um, I just flew with um, a carry on and a backpack. Impressive. Um, it made it work, and I mean I did laundry a couple times because I was staying yeah. with family, so it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Um, so it was really nice to like not even have to go up to the counter to like check in my bag. It just was simply basically walk through security 
um, mm-hmm. walk through passport control. And then um, I was actually a little late getting to the airport. So they just started boarding as I, as I got to the airplane or to the gate. So it was basically walk right onto the plane. And then, yeah, it was a really, really smooth experience. I have global entry too. So when I got to the US, I just went through global entry without any problems. Uh, didn't have to wait to pick up my bag to recheck it and then just walked straight to my next gate in Atlanta and flew to Cincinnati. So it was a really, really smooth travel experience. Um, one thing that was funny though, and I this kind of comes back to reverse culture shock, was in Atlanta is when I realized, okay, wait, I'm back in the U.S. Obviously, I knew I was in the U.S., but I think I just was standing there trying to figure out where my gate was. Mm-hmm. And someone passed maybe like three or four feet in front of me uh, and said, oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, wait, hold up. <laughs> like, not, <laughs> my, initial reaction, my initial reaction for like a split second was like, wait, why did you just say excuse me? Nothing happened. But yeah. I was like, oh, wait, okay, we're, we're in the U.S. <laughs> so yeah. that is like normal. Welcome home, basically. It just was weird. Um, yeah, that's one because, of my like main culture shocks that I always mention. Like, that's one that still gets me every time that like when I go back to Germany, that people don't do that. Yeah. But here, like when you come from Germany, it definitely feels weird because like people will say excuse me without even being close to you, really. Yeah. Like just because they kind of step in front of you or something like that. At the stores, for example, American aisles are already so much wider, like at a grocery mm-hmm. store than German aisles. But still, if like someone passes by you or like is coming towards you and kind of has to maybe squeeze by just a little bit, a lot of them here in the Midwest, at least, say excuse me, even though like nothing's happening. Like they're just walking past you and like everything's fine. <laughs> But I mean, I've, I've gotten used to it and I do it now. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's nice, too, is just acknowledging that it might be slightly an inconvenience for someone or, like, yeah. I don't know. It just felt like a little over the top right. uh, when I was in the U.S., which I didn't realize I was that desensitized to it because I still considered myself someone who would say that relatively often here. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, though, in France that I forgot to mention. I feel like they apologize more than the Germans do. I think um, most, most pardon, cultures pardon, do. All the time. Yeah. Um, and then, like, another nice thing was... The, in France at least, was the greeting. Everyone constantly saying, bonjour, bonjour. And it's rude if you don't. But now Mm. I'm mixing the two stories. No, Um, no, that's fine. I mean, that's really interesting because like it's three cultures kind of mixing together. And obviously you kind of went from the one country to the other one, like super closely after one another. And then you're so used to German culture though. So like that's kind of your, what you're socialized with right now, probably the Mm -hmm. most in a way. So like, Yeah, it's a wild mix. But yeah, that was that was one of the culture shocks that really stood out to me. Um, luckily, I didn't get in into the plane next to anyone who was super super chatty. I was expecting that because that normally happens on the planes mm-hmm. um, in the U.S. is people will strike up conversation with you. But yeah, I'm always su- like, nope. Yeah, I always exactly. <laughs> like because I'm not. I don't love that, um, especially because I get motion sick and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I always sit by the window. And if someone next to me wants to talk to me, that means I have to turn away from the window, and that's kind of not the purpose of why I'm sitting at the window. So then I automatically get sick. So even if I do like the person next to me and I want to talk to them. I can't always do it, but most of the time when I'm traveling, I'm I get tired, I'm exhausted, and I yeah. sleep very well on planes. So as soon as I get on the plane, I just want to fall asleep, <laughs> and then I like I just do the whole thing. I just I put on my like neck pillow, I put in my earplugs, and I just make it very obvious that I do not want to talk. <laughs> so yeah. even when Americans try to talk for a little bit, I'll like give them the um, essentials, like yeah, I'm I'm flying there, I'm flying there uh-huh. for this and this purpose. Yeah, I'm from Germany. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> exactly. Like, like, most of the time people will pick up on it. I want, once when I was flying back to the US, I had a guy next to me. He was a pilot 
who would not shut up. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't pick up on any of the signals that I was trying to give him that I wasn't interested in talking. Or he just didn't want to pick up on them. <laughs> yeah, or that. So luckily I didn't have that either. Yeah. There were two main culture shocks, the one that I just told you about. And then the other one was when I went to a restaurant yeah. um, with some friends and we were having brunch and we ordered, the food came and I had not finished my food yet. Like I finished the main portion of it, but it came with like a little fruit cup, which I hadn't really started to eat yet. Or it maybe had like one or two pieces of fruit. And the waitress came over and picked up my plate and then asks, oh, so you're done, right? I'm like, no, I'm not done. There's still food on my plate. Thank you, though. And then she was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then she put it back. But like, that's not normal. (laughs) That should not be normal. I don't, I mean, I've had that happen in the past, I guess, in the U.S. But like, that just felt very, very bold. I think uh, that was a very extreme example of... yeah. The rush that well, we talked about the restaurant culture and like how mm-hmm. both of us kind of preferred the more like slower and more cozy restaurant culture in Germany. But we would sometimes like a little bit of American customer service in there. Yeah. But um, this is like kind of a very extreme example of the rushing you uh, thing that Which they do a lot. I, normally I can understand if there's like a line outside and they're really trying to flip tables. This was during the week at like 1030 in the morning. And, and there were there. so many empty tables. <laughs> okay. Like you need to chill your chill your horses. Yeah. Or hold chill your horses. No one says that. <laughs> hold your horses, chill out, and let me eat in peace. And when I'm done, you can come get the food or get the plates. Um, so that was like a frustration, but also a little bit of a culture shock. Yeah. And then the cherry on top was, of course, when she, while I was still eating my fruit, brought the check, brought the bill for us to pay already. Yeah. Like. I, I had every intention of sitting there for another, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes. I was going to order a coffee, like have a nice time. It was a nice day outside. But after that, I was like, no, I'm ready to be somewhere else. This is too much for me. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a reverse culture shock. Because like, I, I don't think we really explained what reverse culture shocks are. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, but I have gotten questions about it before when mm-hmm. I mentioned it on my Instagram. So it's basically when after being abroad for a while, you suddenly have culture shocks in your own country. So things that you're technically supposed to be used to, but that suddenly seem odd or out of place because you're now so used to the other culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like definitely one of those things that most people have as like their normal culture shock when they come to the US. Not most people, but people from European countries at least where restaurant culture just works a little bit different. Um, I definitely remember like the first few times that I was in the U.S., like one time we did this really big road trip with my family and we obviously ate at a lot of different restaurants in different parts of the country. And we just like, we got used to it after a while, but it was kind of like a running gag among us where we were like, when do you think they're going to bring us the check? Like, how soon are they? Is Are we still going to be eating? Or like, is it going to be like before they even take the plates away? Like, it's a weird concept that they just do that without you asking for it, like without yeah. you even being ready to pay. And I think you even told me that you wanted to like have a coffee, right? Yeah. And that's always what I, th- I feel like, like, why don't, why don't they ask if at least you want something else? Sometimes they ask if you want dessert. And then mm-hmm. if you say no, then that's they the automatically yeah. bring the check. But like, what if I want another like alcoholic drink, for example, if it's a dinner or, you know, d- something else? I don't know. Maybe I want dessert in half an hour. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely one of those typical experiences. I'm trying to think if there was anything else though, that really stood out to me this time. The stuff that used to used to stand out to me was like, 
oh, the toilets are different or right. like, I guess the, the stalls was something this time also that I was like, oh yeah, back in the US, like every week, everyone can look at me when I'm sitting on the toilet. Yeah. Like that, that makes, that made me a little uncomfortable, but generally I feel like the more you go back and forth, you get used to that, those changes. Um, so this time it was really mostly those two things that stood out to me. So what, what are some of the culture shocks that you have when you come back home? to Germany, I guess. Or do you have anything else to add to what I've, I've said? Yeah, no, I was just going to say like, that's kind of the thing. Like, that's what I experienced. The first time that I came back from the US to Germany, I had a lot of culture shocks. Like everything felt weird, basically. Like I was like, oh my God, the streets are so small. Everything is so Mm -hmm. small. Like, and it was almost like I had forgotten in my head. Like, of course, I hadn't forgotten that it's small, but I had forgotten how small, like it it just felt like it had shrunk up even more since I Mm -hmm. left kind of. Um, So like, that was my first experience with reverse culture shock at the time was like that first initial thing where it's like, oh, gosh. And then like everyone spoke German and that was weird. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just like a lo- everything about the country kind of felt a little foreign, even though obviously it wasn't supposed to. Um, that was something that, that that was weird, I guess. Uh, having to speak English again with uh, people I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like with people I know, it's not a big deal. Like that's normal. But with people I don't know it's always weird to have to switch back to the other language. Wait, what do you mean? What I mean is switch back to my native language. When I speak to my parents or my family or my friends in the U.S., I'm so used to always speaking English with yeah. English to them. But when it's this third party that is like part of society that you have to interact with, you get used, at least in my brain, I don't know if you can relate to this, but you get used to interacting with this with society in... And in my case, in German, because I live mm-hmm. in Germany. Right. So it's weird then to go back to the U.S. where I'm used to speaking English and can speak English without really thinking about it or feeling uncomfortable with my friends yeah. and family. And then also have to speak English with society in this third party that yeah. is restaurants, um, so on and so forth. Yeah, I think I had somewhat of a similar experience. I definitely remember that. The first time the most, but even still now, it sometimes feels weird to just hear German everywhere. Like as soon as you land at the airport, everything's like, I think we had the same um, topic with Anna from Ukraine where she was like, Mm -hmm. usually when you hear your own language, you're like, oh my God, oh, there's someone from my country. And like here, if I hear German, I'm always like, oh, wait. And then suddenly you're like in Germany, obviously everyone speaks German. So it takes like a second for the brain to adjust to just hearing Mm -hmm. German everywhere. Um, And it's not something special anymore. And I do remember that like in the beginning, this is something that I think we talked about in the different personalities episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I missed speaking English and I thought it was so much more fun to interact with society, as you said, and with strangers, people at the store in English. Because like, at least with American English, like what I connect mm-hmm. with, like the language and the culture all at once, it it comes with the small talk and it comes with yeah. friendliness. And you have all these little phrases that you can say to each other that are common to say to a stranger that make it a little bit nicer whereas in germany that's kind of just connected like german culture and then the german language those phrases don't really exist a whole lot like maybe you'll say schönen tag noch but that's about it like there really aren't all these little things that you say to each other at the store for example and i missed it like Mm -hmm. i was sad that now everything was back to just being direct and german and with a straight face and I mean some people smile of course but not all of them (laughs) like in a lot of cases it's really just like you do what you want and you get go to the bakery 
get your bread, you leave. There's maybe not even a Dankeschön or anything. Like there yeah. might literally just be like, what do you want? Okay, that's three three euros. Uh huh. Here you go. <laughs> like sometimes See, I, that's I, all it is. <laughs> I had a. I guess you would call it a, a, a culture shock coming back to Germany from France. Actually, because mm-hmm. I was on the train and like go, I was going to French bakeries and whatnot, and always saying bonjour. And people are gen- generally nice when interacting with you. And then I was on the train and wanted to get some food. It was a German train from the Deutsche Bahn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess they're I didn't know it, but like they only had a few snacks. They didn't actually have the full menu. So I went to order something and he just says, uh-uh, and then just points at um, what what they have. Like, it just was like this little... But this was a German person? Yeah. Like, I was like, hello, ich hätte gern, blah, 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 and he was like, uh-uh. That's just looked at me like, mm-mm. I was but like, you, you sure the person could speak German? Oh, yeah. It was, a, it was an employee of the Deutsche Bahn. That's weird. Like, just didn't engage with me in conversation. Yeah. Just was like very, like, uh-uh, no, you can't yeah. have that. We don't... He didn't even say we don't have it. He just said, nur das haben wir. Okay. Yeah. That, like, yeah. It just, That's exactly the type of German customer service that I do not miss. <laughs> it's like, yeah. why make like why make the person, in this case you, feel like they're doing something wrong or they're supposed to know this? Like, how were you yeah. supposed to know this? Like, this isn't something that they had already said five times on the speaker or anything like yeah. that. Like, it's your job to be nice about it and tell every person that comes up. To, like, you have to explain it to them again. Like, even if you've already explained it to three other people before. And you just feel so stupid <laughs> when you're like, hello, ich hätte gern Like, you try to be friendly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I not, totally not, feel that. It wasn't, this, that wasn't supposed to hate on the German uh, service uh, <laughs> Which mentality. we've done so many times. It, it and just people are always upset by it. A statement of fact. Just a statement of fact. But I mean, fact. I think it's just something that both you and I kind of agree on. And that's just our yeah. opinion. Um, and that's kind of like what I always don't like about not just customer service, but a lot of interactions with strangers in Germany is that a lot of people, even at like Behörden, like, like public offices, they give you that feeling of almost imposing, but also um, asking stupid questions or yeah. like they make, make you, you feel, it makes you feel like an idiot. Yeah, they make you feel like an idiot, but for no reason. Like, how would you know that? Like, how would you? And that's just something that a lot of Germans do, even like in their private lives a little bit, because it's somewhat ingrained in our culture. And that's definitely something I do not miss or love. <laughs> But but back to reverse culture shock. Yeah, the whole bakery thing was actually one of my first reverse culture mm. shocks. I remember back in the day because I um, met up with my friends, like I think literally the day after I came back or something or two days, we were all meeting up at my friend's place for brunch and I was supposed to bring uh, zemin, so like uh, bread rolls from the bakery. And so like on my way, I just stopped by the bakery and I was like really excited to see my friends. I was really happy and I did exactly what you did. I was like, guten morgen, blah, blah. And I said what I wanted. And the person was like, like this woman, she just had this super straight face, didn't smile back, didn't say hello back and did exactly what I explained earlier. She just like, uh-huh, was wollen Sie? Uh-huh, 3,50, danke schön. And that like, even though that's such a normal thing in Germany, Mm-hmm. after not being in Germany for so long, well, for five months at that point only, but I had just so gotten Still. used to American culture, uh, um, customer service. It really, like, ruined my mood. Yeah, put a downer on your... Yeah, yeah. it was like, oh, shit, okay. Like, I was, you know, was all excited and everything. I was like, whoa, all right. And I remember I walked out of there and I was like, why do I feel so sad and, like, <laughs> yeah. bummed out right now? <laughs> Even though this was just a stranger. Like, it's not like I care really about this person, but uh-huh. that was definitely a weird experience. Um, aside from that, I have a whole video on reverse culture shocks. And mm-hmm. 
I don't know if I finished my thought earlier. Um, the first time I came back from the U.S., I f- noticed everything. And then over time, I feel like my brain just kind of got used to both realities coexisting yeah. in my head. And so I feel like over time, the more I traveled back and forth, the less culture shock or reverse culture shock I experienced. So like now, um, I'm pretty sure like when I go back to Germany next week, it's going to be just normal. Like it's almost like there are two versions that are saved in my head now. And mm-hmm. I can just seamlessly switch between the two now. But in the beginning, that was not at all the case, not even yeah. with my own culture. So some of these things I don't experience anymore. But one thing that I still experience is um, autobahn ramps. And I talked about this in my video. And it's just kind of like if you drive so much in the U.S., it's not like I drive a whole lot, but, you know, I, I drive here more than I usually do in Munich because in Munich I use more public transportation and my bike mm-hmm. and everything. Um, I'm just so much more used to the American driving style or like Midwest driving style, I will say, like more relaxed and everything and everything's bigger and you don't really have to worry about a parking spot being tight or anything like that. Everything's just pretty, you know, easy. Um, And then every time I go back home to Germany, as soon as I start driving, I notice that I'm like so much less aggressive than everyone else. But then I adapt to that really quickly and I get back into like the German driving style Mm -hmm. so that's one thing about driving and then I come back to the US and I notice how aggressively I'm driving suddenly but the other thing is the autobahn that I mentioned and that's like in the US interstate ramps are super long and you don't have to accelerate a whole lot because the speed limits are relatively low anyways like it's only at like 65 or 55 miles per hour so like maybe 120 kilometers per hour or something like that and if you have like this extremely long ramp for it you don't really need to accelerate very quickly right so then (laughs) you go to germany and you kind of like you don't really think about it and suddenly you're on this super short ramp and you have to like go at full speed like you have to give folgas and um pedal to the metal so that that's haul ass that like that's what you're taught in driver's ed where it's like if you go onto the autobahn the first time with your driver's uh teacher or what are they called driver's instructor yeah Driving instructor. Dri- driving instructor. <laughs> Almost. I got so close. <laughs> um, then that's the first thing they tell you is like as soon as you're after the curve, like as soon as you're on the straight part of the Beschleunigungsstreifen, you give mm-hmm. Vollgas. So pedal to the metal. No, like it doesn't matter what the speed limit is. That's what you do. You fully accelerate your car as much as it can because the ramp isn't going to be very long. And the German Autobahn in some parts doesn't have a speed limit, obviously, and then people are going really fast, and you have to make sure that you're at the right speed, and then you have to go get over relatively quickly, whereas in the U.S., you usually also have forever to get over, and it's like the last time I went onto the Autobahn the first time, I just – I didn't really think about it, like, actively. I didn't Mm -hmm. remind myself. And suddenly I was like, oh, shit, the ramp is already over. And, like, obviously I was supposed to, like, be used to that still. But I just – I wasn't. My body wasn't really used to it anymore. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, I have to, like, actively remember this now. Uh This isn't the same as in the U.S. (laughs) I I think it is interesting, though, like, to – well, first of all, if you guys are interested in more driving differences uh, between the U.S. and Germany, we have a video slash uh, episode yeah. on that, so make sure to check that out. Yeah, I probably um, told the same story on there. I don't even remember. I'm sorry. If I, did. <laughs> I think I think you did, but it's okay. <laughs> um, but one thing that I have noticed is like I adjust really quickly to being back uh, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like you'll have an, a, a, a situation like that, but 
it doesn't happen again. Like you, yeah. you just immediately basically. For sure. Yeah. Well, another thing that I still do to this day is when I pack for Germany, I pack mm-hmm. very differently than if I were to go on a trip in the U.S. Okay. And that's not just because of different weather. Um, I don't know if you do this too, but um, it might be more of maybe like a girl's clothes thing too. But mm-hmm. I don't need to bring a whole lot of leggings or like gym shorts or anything to Germany because okay. every time I leave the house, I'm not going to be wearing that. Like yeah. I bring much more proper clothes. And also this really is more like, I think, a g- girl fashion thing. Um, I wear a lot of crop tops in the summer in the U.S. And like Germans also wear crop tops, but especially if you have to go somewhere like on public transportation or like you're kind of like out in public more like here if I wear cropped up in the summer I'll go into my car and then I'll go into the store where nobody looks at each other anyways like they're like yeah. people go to the store in their pajamas I think we've <laughs> talked about this before yeah. so like I can wear whatever I want really and like it's not gonna bother anyone but I feel like in, at least in Munich if you show too much skin like people will kind of give you a look and you'll feel kind of uncomfortable and so I pack differently so mm, I always okay. make sure that I pack more proper clothes in a way. Like I pack also a pair of jeans that doesn't have holes and I pack uh, shirts that aren't cropped. And Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, that's like a thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like I don't feel like that necessarily is true for me. But I also feel like my my sense of style has changed somewhat since uh, living in Germany. Like mm-hmm. so when I'm back in the U.S., I feel like it just might be my perception, too. But I feel like I don't necessarily dress as quote unquote American. Mm-hmm. In a lot of aspects, but uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a whole other topic. Like another thing, for example, is um, well, still on the same topic, but mm-hmm. I wear a bunch of like merch, even my own merch. I wear a, yeah. a lot of my own merch here because I like I like the clothes. Like, but a lot of them are just like regular T-shirts, like mm-hmm. they're unisex T-shirts, and I wouldn't really wear those a lot in Munich. They're not fashionable enough. See, that's <laughs> this was actually this is an interesting thing. So when I was um, with my mom, we went to Finley Market in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. which is like a downtown market that they have. Um, little shops, uh, food, but they also have like, mer- not, not merchandise, but, um, I don't even know what you'd call it. I got some of my bracelets there. Yeah. Um, and I bought a couple t-shirts and it was so hard to find t-shirts that I was actually interested in buying because I feel like a lot of shirts that Americans wear are so in your face about what they are. Yeah. Um, like it just says Cincinnati or yeah. like I wanted something that was a little bit more, um, like subtle. Yeah. Subtle. <laughs> Uh, and I, I was able to find a couple, but it just it, it it just made me laugh because it's so in your face, like yeah. Cincinnati Bengals, like the Queen City. It just is like yeah. very, very yeah, in your face, and, yeah. and I feel like that's a difference between uh, what Americans tend to wear and and Europeans would wear. Yeah, same with like hats, for example, like. This time, I'm definitely going to bring like a like a baseball hat for mm-hmm. whenever I lay out in the sun or something. But I'm probably not going to bring one of those that has like University of Cincinnati on yeah. it or like a big. I'm probably going to bring one that has nothing on it or like just uh-huh. a minor little thing because then I'll already know like I'm probably not going to want to wear that in public in mm-hmm. Germany or I'm also traveling to Italy this time. Probably yeah. not going to wear that in Italy either. So yeah, that's like a thing. That's not really a reverse culture shock, but it's something where you like actively adjust or at least mm-hmm. i i do and I, ju- I just notice it i just notice okay usually i would want to bring these shoes but i'm not going to wear them in germany anyway so let's yeah. just bring this instead kind of uh-huh. like like that i'm trying to think if there's any other reverse culture shocks that i've experienced recently i'm trying to think did, i think we talked about par- the parks in our yeah. episode um for on summer 
on summer. But that was something that stood out to me while I was in Cincinnati. I went to a park with a friend and it was so empty. It's Which like a really nice park, uh, Alt Park. Mm-hmm. Albeit it was during a day, like during the day on a weekday. But at the same time, it just is such a nice park that it was so empty. We but there are fewer the people too. Same experience with my parents where I said the exact same thing. I was like, we just talked about this on the podcast. And it was at Tavu Park. Uh, have you been mm-hmm. there? Like, So it's on the Kentucky side of Cincinnati. And you have like a really, it's like up on a hill. And you have a really nice view of the skyline of Cincinnati. Yeah. Like it's beautiful. And we went there on a Sunday night, like Sunday at, I don't know, 6 p.m. or something like that. It was on our way back from kayaking, which we did end up going kayaking. Uh, oh, yeah. And it was like amazing, like golden hour, sunset lighting. It was beautiful. And there's like a whole lawn there, like a like a very big area where people could technically sit and watch the sunset over mm-hmm. the skyline. And there was nobody. There was like one dad with his two kids like just walking around and we had him take a picture of us in front of the skyline but nobody was sitting there and I was like I told my parents I was like if this was Munich this spot would be so crowded not only on a Sunday night with beautiful summer weather but every night during the Mm -hmm. weekend people would come here with a picnic meet up with their friends bring their beer of course you can't do that in in the U.S. but you can can still have a picnic you can have a picnic you just can't grab the alcohol and the crazy thing is, like, I have been there with people sitting on that lawn. It, it's never been, like, extremely crowded. Like, not like it would be in Munich. I, I tell you, like, if that park was in Munich, yeah. there would never be a spot. Like, definitely. <laughs> that would be like Olympia um, back where, like, yeah. you have, like, a nice view. But the one time that I was there even, like, people went there kind of during the day and then left at night, even though, like, mm-hmm. the sunset is, like, the most beautiful thing about it. So, yeah. Had that exact same experience where I was like, where are all the people? It's beautiful. (laughs) One thing, it wasn't a culture shock, but it just was an appreciation kind Mm -hmm. of moment that I had was I was hanging out with my sister and her husband and some of their neighbors came over that they're friends with and we were talking and it just was like nice to be surrounded by people that speak the same native language as me, like have that shared culture. I don't know. It just was something that was very comforting to me, which I think I haven't necessarily experienced in my previous um, trips back to the U.S. Just the sense of like, oh, this is what it feels like. Um, I don't know. I I don't know how to describe that feeling, but it just was a very soothing feeling of, ah, like these these are my people, even though like I hate on the U.S. a lot and I love living (laughs) in Germany. Um, at the same time, it's like, these are my people. This is where I come from. And I get them. Like, And that it feels home. It's effortless. Like, mm-hmm. It's effortless. There are things that I might not agree with, but like this, it, it feels like home in that sense. Yeah. I've, I totally know what you're saying because I feel like I've had that same kind of progression that I've gone through where like in the beginning, I didn't really miss Germany at all. Like mm-hmm. I was very happy being away from it and like, I didn't really miss, I mean, I obviously missed the people, but I didn't really miss a whole lot about it. I didn't really even miss speaking German a whole lot. Yeah. And then it took like maybe a year or two where I suddenly started really getting that like connection again to my home country where it's like, I love being here actually. Like I, I, I'm glad I don't want to live here right now full Mm -hmm. time, but I really enjoy visiting now. Yeah. And in the beginning, I didn't really have that as much like I liked visiting, but it wasn't like, oh my God, like this like mushy feeling. Yeah, but- it was more it's more <laughs> visiting to see your family and your friends. It's not like, oh, it would just be nice to visit the US. Yeah. So like if you are kind of getting to that point now, like I've had that same thing where like mm-hmm. really now I miss Germany more often. 
Yeah. I have more moments where I feel like, oh, that would be nice to be there right now. And like I kind of miss I think it's just after a while you haven't uh-huh. done things in a while, then you start missing them more. Like I'm, I, you know, I miss the street festival in my neighborhood, and I mm-hmm. wish I could do. I wish we could just go to a beer garden today. So being away for a long time, like you kind of go through different phases. Yeah, for sure. It just was like I said, it kind of an unexpected feeling, but it was a yeah. really comforting feeling. Um, on my list, besides, oh yeah, well I have personal space, but we already talked about that, so like, kind of goes along with what you said about the guy saying excuse me at the airport. Mm-hmm. I think that's just like the different perception of personal space. I know Nelf talks about that one a whole lot. I don't yeah. know if he even mentioned it when he was on our podcast. Um, I'm not sure. It's been a, but, it's been a, been a minute since uh, since he was on. Oh hey, German sirens. <laughs> <laughs> um, where like if you're for example in a line at the supermarket and people just like without saying anything just get so close to you like even though it's not necessary um it's not always necessary sometimes if you're on the subway for example like you have to get really close in in each other's personal space but um that perception is definitely different and it's something that i always have to get used to again in germany and it's that same story of like saying excuse me i have told the story on in my videos before Mm -hmm. where like it's so weird to me when suddenly people even bump into me in a German store yeah. and then don't say, excuse me, and yeah. like don't even look at me, don't even acknowledge my existence or just like step right in front of me. Like I'm looking for something at the shelf and I'm just like, you know, there like looking around and a person just like basically steps right in front of me and grabs something, but yeah. without saying anything. Uh-huh. And that's like part of that culture shock. And that's something that I still experience now because I... I'm just so used to the way it is here, and mm-hmm. I think I prefer it the way it is here in a way. Like, I'm not saying that um, in Germany we always have the option to have to give each other as much space, but at least, like, acknowledging each other and saying, excuse me, yeah. I think would be not – that's not too much to ask for. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I always do that then with people, and then sometimes they look at me weirdly. Like, they don't mm. say anything back. Like, I'll say, Entschuldigung um, or Entschuldigen Sie – and then they'll just look at me like I'm a weirdo and don't even say um, alles gut or like don't even uh-huh. respond. Just like stare at me and walk away. Uh-huh. And those are just weird experiences <laughs> that I would definitely say fall under the category of reverse culture shock. Yeah. Um, and then I try to like stop saying Entschuldigung or like excuse me as mm-hmm. much because I'm aware that Germans don't do that as much. But in the beginning, I just do it automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you said you do it in the stores too. Yeah. I have to say the concrete jungle that is uh, American parking lots was something that did stand out to me uh, yeah. this time as well. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, it's the parking lots are just so big. <laughs> like so Did you big. drive? Yeah, you j- did drive yourself. Yeah, I, did you I, notice? Do you do the same thing that I do where like whenever I come from Germany back to the US, I just park all the way in the front of the parking spots and you can't see my car in these huge parking lots in the US? Like I'm just so used to pulling all the way up and you don't yeah. have to do that here and then my car is like not visible with the other cars because not like most people just park right in the middle of the parking spot i mean i drive i drive an suv when i'm in uh in in the u.s normally yeah. so it's it's a relatively big car so i okay. don't necessarily notice that as much but okay. i do notice how big the parking spots are it's like yeah. oh. and like <laughs> then i'll be in the car with someone who's like oh my gosh these parking spots are so small and it just makes me <laughs> laugh because they're not small at all. Yeah, they're huge. And like, especially compared to parking garages or something in Munich, where like, even at like a regular parking garage at a mall, for example, where 
because some of them are in the that like downtown in the city and they're just super old mm -hmm. and everything and like for that I feel like it makes sense that maybe they're extra tight there's like a reason there's just no space but if it's at a mall and they actually technically had space to build it bigger sometimes yeah. the parking spots are still uh, still so close together that like it's kind of normal that only one of the two cars can open their door. Or yeah. it's kind of normal that, like, when you park and you have someone in the car with you, that you're like, can you get out? Or, like, you kind of have to squeeze yourself uh -huh. out of the car. And that's just not something that usually happens in the Midwest. No. Like, I think I remember having it in Chicago one time. But, like, and I'm sure it happens in New York. But, like, here that really never happens. Yeah, one thing that was funny, too, I was... I, I hate strip malls. I, I don't know if I've talked about the ha the hatred that I have for strip malls. Uh, I, I on, don't remember on the podcast yet, but I have. I I cannot stand them. I think they're they, why they're just so ugly. They're so ugly. I just hate them. I don't. What I don't, are strip malls? Also, a strip mall is basically a very 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 large building. Normally, mm -hmm. I mean, of course, you can have smaller strip malls too, but it's just stores next to store next to store next to store next to store. That it's only stores. It's not like in a residential area per se. It's just yeah. like only stores next to each other. And they normally share a large parking lot in front of them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very common to have Home Depot, like home a hardware store. Mm -hmm. Then you'll have, I don't know, like an office uh, store where you can like Staples would be the closest thing or the thing that comes to mind. But like... Um, then you'll have like a department store like Marshalls or TJ slash TK Maxx, like next to each other. Mm -hmm. This instance, it was funny because I, I can't stand be being there, but it just, I just <laughs> felt out of place because I w went with my mom. We had to go to Target. So we went to Target and then we all, she also had to get something um, done on her phone at another store, which was in the same strip mall. So we went, we went back to the car, got in the car, reparked in front of this, in, in front of the store for the phone. And it was taking forever uh, at the phone store. So I wanted a coffee. So I walked from the phone store back to Target because there was a Starbucks in the Target and yeah. then back. And I just felt so <laughs> weird, like walking at walking. a strip mall. I've, ben and I talked about this in one of our videos where yeah. it was like intercultural relationships and stuff like that, where like he does that. And I'm always like, why don't we just walk over there? But like nobody does that. Like it's yeah. so normal that you go back to your car and like I feel like in some cases it takes longer, but you go back to your car and then you drive in and you look for a new parking spot yeah. that's closer to the other store. And then you get out of your car again and then you walk to the store again. And like if you don't get a parking spot that's like super close to the store it's still a walk but now you parked your car somewhere else so i've i've always thought that was like a little bit awkward and like very very american like it doesn't yeah. get more american than that i think that like well it's just was funny that too because <laughs> we we did the whole parking fiasco of changing the parking spot and then i ended up just walking back walking to the other back. store <laughs> yeah. to get my coffee yeah and i've done that before where like i just i would just walk and um, I only do it when I'm alone, though, because Ben won't yeah. do it with me. I think I had seen that video that you guys had posted, and I was yeah. thinking about it while I was walking. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, this is true. And I've had that experience. That's maybe another – that's not a reverse culture shock. Now we're totally off topic, but it's a culture shock that I just want to talk about real quick that I had when I first came here back in 2016. I remember um, that I was with someone, and we were at my house, and we wanted to go somewhere. It was in Clifton, right? Like I, You probably remember where my first place mm -hmm. was that I lived. And we wanted to go somewhere on Calhoun or Macmillan Street, like a restaurant yeah. or I don't even remember. But that's like a five to maximum 10 minute walk. Yeah. It's not that far. So 
or maybe it's 10 minutes. I don't know. Let's say it's 10 minutes. And so we just like talked about, yeah, cool. Let's go there, blah, blah, blah. And we leave the house together, me and this other person. And I just automatically start walking, right? And the other person starts walking to their car. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like we just, it was so funny because well, you just like two people walk out together and then yeah. just like very naturally go separate ways. And they're like, hold on, what are you doing? <laughs> Did you guys end up like, walking or driving? I think we ended up walking. I think okay. I, I, was, I won. <laughs> <laughs> but um I mean that was a long time ago that was six years ago but I remember this situation because that was like in my very first weeks here mm-hmm. and I just remember how apparently that was like not normal that I suggested to walk and especially like knowing that area there usually isn't a whole lot of parking there no. so like the odds that you're gonna have to park kind of far away from where you actually want to want want to go are pretty big so then like what's the point of the getting in the car driving there parking five minutes away from your destination and then walking from there. Like in that time, I could have already walked there. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's the American versus German mentality <laughs> in that regard. I honestly think that on my list, the only last thing that I have left is small talk. But we kind of yeah. touched on that. We, a yeah, I think bit. we've touched on that. And I think we're getting close to the end of our time. Two things that I wanted to mention has nothing to do with culture <laughs> shock whatsoever. But today at work, I learned two new words. Yeah. Uh, word number one was who? What is it? Hülsenfrüchte. Yeah. Which I'm I trying never to think heard. what they are in English. Do you, um, to be honest, it? I don't know exactly how to pronounce it because okay. it's not. It's a word that I see written all the time, but not uh. talked about. Uh, legume, I think, is how we pronounce it. Okay, so I'm not sure though. So let me know in the comments, uh, you English like the speakers French, out there. French word for uh, vegetables, or like is the Roman? Is it is it that in Spanish as well? It's not. I I I don't know. To be What's honest, vegetable know. in in Spanish? You don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, I think it's vegetable. Oh okay. Oh. Oh, now I'm in... gonna sound like an idiot if that's wrong. <laughs> no, no. Sorry, I put you. Uh, ber- Verdura, verduras. But it's nothing with an L. No. Okay, in French, I'm pretty sure it's legume. Now, now I'm just gonna. Uh, I feel so stupid for saying vegetables. <laughs> Wait one second. Now I have to check this. Gumbusa. <laughs> Verdura. Okay. Oh, oh, no. I guess you can also say vegetables, but I think it's a, a okay. Puerto Rican. Verdura okay. is the proper word. Yeah. So not with an L. Yes. But I'm pretty sure in French it is legume. Um, you want me to tell you? Yeah. <laughs> so that would then, I guess, be the same word that you just said in English would mm-hmm. be Hülsenfrüchte. Yep. Les legumes. Interesting. Okay. And that's what, what's the other word you learned? The other one, so essentially at, at work today, we had a lunch and learn about like healthy living and eating. Okay. And the other one was Huamonhaushalt, which made uh-huh. me laugh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because, I mean, if you translate it word for word, it's, it's hormone household. Yeah. <laughs> which in English, we would say hormonal balance yeah. or your hormone balance. It made me laugh, like almost laugh out loud during the meeting. I was yeah. like, wait, what did, True. did she just say Huamonhaushalt? That's so weird because, like, I would never think that that's odd or funny. But, then, yeah, yeah it, it kind of makes sense that that would be weird. That's, like, the funniest thing about language, which, like, I really want to do an episode about that at some point. But we're going to have to prepare for that um, pretty well, I think, is words or, like, concepts that are different, at least in English and in German. I mean, you mm-hmm. can do it for all languages. But those two languages in particular were, like, because it's a different word in your language and your native language, you think of it in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. I think do you know what I mean by this. that? 
Yeah, I think maybe we've ta talked about this slightly or I've mentioned the study that shows that depending on the gender of an article or the gender of a noun uh, in languages that have gendered nouns, uh, it, native speakers will use different adjectives to describe mm. the object. So mm -hmm. like in, in Spanish, it's la luna, which is mm -hmm. the moon. So they people tend to use uh, more feminine, more soft um, adjectives to describe the moon, whereas in German it's der Mond, so it's so masculine. Ma it's masculine. So people mm -hmm. tend to use more uh, strong, quote unquote, masculine um, terms and adjectives to describe it. So it, it, yeah. it, it there is proof out there that um, how language will in influence the way that you see things. Yeah. So it would be an interesting episode for sure, but that would yeah. definitely require some that would require uh, preparation some... and we need to bring on a linguist for that. Yeah, no. And also just like, I think collect words because like I've, mm -hmm. I encounter this like all the time and then I don't write it down, of course. And yeah. then I forget the only example that comes to mind right now is for example, in German, the word Himmel refers to both the sky and heaven. Mm -hmm. And so I think that kind of affects the way that people perceive the concept of heaven or like mm -hmm. when they when they talk about it, like it's the same, right? It's like, because it's the same word. Obviously, people know that it's two different concepts, but I don't think they're as aware of it because it's the same word. Whereas in English, yeah. you have these two different words and it's kind of not... Like, it's obviously not the same thing. And that's just one example. But I yeah. know that I've had other examples where, like, I was surprised that the English speaker made a connection there or, like, connected, like, saw mm -hmm. something. I don't remember what it was, though, like, yeah, at all. I, but I feel like it was we've, a concept. we've been together when this is uh, maybe this yeah and it before. was a concept and they like looked at it so differently and then i realized that it was because they used the same word that they use for another thing mm -hmm. and in german we have like a whole different word and this makes this is so abstract now that it really doesn't <laughs> make sense for the for you guys watching and listening right now probably but it's such an interesting thing to me so maybe down the road we can do that at some point but like with the household thing like with the household like that's yeah. just one of those words like that's adorable for like a German native speaker that we would use that in yeah. like for a balance, for example. Yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, we also have like household as in budget sometimes that's used also. In what sense? Um, now I'm not quite sure what like a good example would be. Now I can't think. Of oh, <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Like, uh, like in a government so -so. context too, right? Yeah. 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 So like they have like a, a certain budget for a certain cause. And mm -hmm. then that's often referred to as the household. Yeah. Uh huh. Interesting. Um, so that's a whole. That's another meaning for that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just was something that stood out to me today at work, and I was like, "Wow, interesting. Very interesting." Yeah. Um. All right. I think. I think that's we it. We got through everything that we wanted to talk about. Now, of course, I want to know if you guys can think of any other reverse culture shocks that you have experienced, um, whether that's in Germany and the U.S. or in another country, wherever you're from, because um, those are always like crazy things that you just you never thought about them before. And then suddenly you notice them so strongly and they feel so weird and odd. Um, and I think some of them can be also good culture shocks, as in like, oh, yeah, I forgot how great this is about my country and like mm -hmm. i'm glad that like i i forgot how much i like it here so let us know in the comments if you're watching on youtube what your verse culture shocks have been before um and if you have any other stories or opinion to share about the things that we just mentioned and um, if you have any um of those examples that philly was just talking about for a future episode let us know um because yeah, that like would be nice concepts. to start a, a yeah <laughs> to start a collection of uh of those yeah 
That would be very good. Like, I really need to start doing that, too. Yeah. Like, I always think I'll remember. And then, of course, I don't remember. But, like, if you encounter it in the moment, even if it's, like, another funny language difference, it's usually in conversation and it's yeah. kind of it would be weird if you pulled out your phone and just wrote Hold it up, down let me write quick. that down. <laughs> and then you just like go on with your life and you forget about it. You just remember that it was so interesting and then mm -hmm. it's never going to come back to you. But yeah, thank you guys so much for watching, guys, and for listening. Um, definitely make sure that you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, which I don't know if you saw this, Josh, but we hit 15,000 YouTube wow. subscribers recently. Crazy. So that's a really cool number. Um so yeah, if you're not a subscriber yet, but you just watched this whole episode, then why not subscribe? You're going to get notified. I think, I don't know if you even get notified if you don't activate the bell, but I think you you're also get YouTube notified. Expert, so. Yeah, I don't know. YouTube is weird. It like notifies people two days after something gets published. Anyways, if you're subscribed, it l will at least pop up somewhere on your feed, I think, um, for the next episode. But also if you're new... Our episodes usually come out every other Thursday, so hopefully we're not going to have to cancel any other episodes in the near future, and the next episode is going to come out on Thursday in two weeks, and that one hopefully is going to be in person. And yeah, if you guys want to support us, you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or obviously like follow us on all the audio streaming platforms as well if you're listening on there. You can also leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, so that's also really cool if you do that. Um, and then you can support us on Patreon. Become a Patreon supporter. Um, join the little family. Like You'll get to hang out with us once a month in a video call. We we'll usually talk about the episodes, um, the August hangout hasn't taken place yet because of everything that was going on and everyone being sick but we're gonna do that in retrospect this upcoming weekend um so yeah if you join patreon today you can still be part of that um ask us about today's episode you can also just like share your like mainly it's just people like talking it's not really like a q a or anything like that it's everyone exactly. shares their experiences and talks to each other so it's like a really nice community um and if you want to just support us financially you can send us a tip for a coffee or of course coming up uh, an oktoberfest beer um Ooh -ooh. on ko slash understanding train station um i'll put it all on the screen on youtube and it'll also be in the show notes on the audio streaming platforms we even have merch um which i think we mentioned recently again yeah. it's on my website feelyfromgermany.com and then there's like an understanding train station tab and we have like a really cool t-shirt like i only understand train station or like a mug that says i really need some coffee i only understand train station <laughs> so yeah check it out if you're interested that would support us too and of course you have like a really cool product then and i think that's that's all we need to say <laughs> Exactly. Is it already going to be a Wiesen when the next episode comes out? Yeah, it is. Oh, Ooh. damn. Time is running fast. It's That's going to be crazy. Um, I'm very excited for Oktoberfest. It starts <laughs> we need to make sure that we do 17th. lots of uh, pre-recording. Yeah, we're going to have to uh, record something next week because I'm going to be traveling after that. Yeah. So, Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but with all of that, <laughs> we can we talk about that off the record. <laughs> exactly. We will see you guys or talk to you guys in two weeks. Thanks for hanging see out with then. us and talk to you then. Cheers. Ciao.